that was kind of that first step. And then Taylor actually was like, hey, like, you you weren't you earned your spot here like you belong with these guys and um she really told me that on that final event it was uh, a bike dumb a bike burpee box jump and d-balls and um right then and there i finished that event again it wasn't the performance i wanted but i knew that i didn't have the right mindset coming into this and i finally found that mindset by you know the third the fourth and the fifth event where you know i belong and it was that following year i was like I'm out here to take some names. <laughs> Hi, this is the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. I am Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends, Amy Rodowski, Charlie Odie, along with myself, are just average ordinary CrossFitters who participate to compete at life. However, we love the sport of CrossFit and we want to bring you the latest news from the Open to the Sanctionals all the way to the Games. We will be doing interviews with athletes and sharing our daily struggle in the gym and in the kitchen. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you would like to be so kind as to give us a rating, that would be appreciated greatly. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends, episode six. Uh, I am Scott Schweitzer and I'm the Clydesdale CrossFitter. I have with me uh, my normal crew, Amy Rodowski. Hey there. And Charlie Odie. Hello. Uh, we are on the road today, a special edition of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. On location. We are on location in Cleveland, Ohio at CrossFit Cliffside. And with us, we have a very special guest, the ninth fittest man in the world, Saxon Pancheck. How you doing, everyone? Uh, so we are so privileged to be here. We came up, we actually just finished a workout. Uh, I think part of my soul is still on the rubber mat. Whoa. I can see mine over there still, actually. <laughs> I feel great. Uh, I don't know what you guys' problem is. <laughs> so we always open up with how our training week went. So let's, let's talk about our experience here at CrossFit Cliffside. Uh, I actually got to use a dumbbell uh, heavier than I have used in over a year uh, since the back surgery that I had, uh, and that went pretty well. Uh, I had to kind of call it after about three rounds in the second round of those dumbbell snatches, uh, but I uh, feel pretty good and uh, pretty happy with that. So, Well, I think you have a little bit of a reputation here about the assault bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Every Saturday. <laughs> right. Well, so I pretty much knew that I was coming into that, so... That was a little rough, but uh, it's good to get outside my comfort zone and, and get on, and get on and hit that. And it was uh, that was an interesting style today to do it the Tabata the whole way through. So I really enjoyed that. So I'm just glad we didn't do overhead squats. <laughs> I see these guys are doing it behind us. So, uh, a little extra stuff. You're right. <laughs> so how's your training week, Saxon? My training week has been brutal. Um, I'm starting to crank my volume up. I'm getting ready for sanctionals coming up for the year. Um, after the open, I ended up getting really sick for like three weeks, and I had like three weeks I couldn't do anything. Um, intensity was like super low, um, and I was lucky if I could even get a training weekend. And it was kind of that way ever since I got back from the games. So like last week and this week was kind of like my first full week back, uh, but I think it was much needed rest. It kind of forced me to have to take a step back and mm -hmm. spend some time. I was, I'm moving, I'm planning a wedding, um, running the business with Spence Traveling, so it's been a lot on my plate. Um, so it was good to take a step back and like now I, 
I can feel good with my training and now that I got that all under control. That actually sounds eerily familiar. I got the flu the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and was out for a full week where I couldn't do a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then slowly I uh, worked my way back. How's that affecting your games training? Scott? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my voice is coming back now, so I should be good for this podcast to take it to the games. But, uh, uh, but that's about it. So, so we came here to Cliffside. Man, I got to tell you, uh, so welcoming. The community was so welcoming when we got here. Uh, the coaching was awesome. I love the format of getting warmed up and then hearing about the wad. Yeah. Uh, and I know Amy mentioned that to me uh, right before we went live on the podcast. So, uh, yeah. you guys have any comments about your experience? I th- I thought it was fantastic. From the moment we walked in the door, um, we were greeted, uh, you know, welcomed, uh, shown around. Um, all the members here introduced themselves to us, and it was just really a great experience. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it really got warm uh, starting up, as opposed to. You know, Amy and I's Tuesday and Thursdays, we, we warm up our conversational pieces before we do a workout. <laughs> we do a 40-plus club on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it's basically we'll, we warm up for 20 minutes just talking, and then we're like, oh, shoot, we better get started here. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like my, my training day. <laughs> <laughs> but just even as a coach, too, like I, I love going in and, and seeing how other people approach um, t- you know, their their group management yeah. and so I really appreciate that aspect yeah I think that's one of the most important things as a coach um, getting out and experiencing different things mm-hmm. um, you can never grow your arsenal too big uh, to become a better coach and learn different styles and constantly vary everything yeah and even just the different cues you know um, I can take back and that will help me with my coaching as well Absolutely. So. like go faster on the assault bike <laughs> <laughs> So you guys have been open here for what since 2018 a year plus? It's, been, it's no, we just last week was our one year anniversary. Oh wow, just yeah. hitting one year now. Congrats! Thank yeah, I did you. see that you're having a one year anniversary celebration uh-huh. and holiday celebration. Uh, Amy said we should come back up for that. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, that wild's gonna be terrible. So. <laughs> Followed by good food, though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, uh, what's it like being an affiliate owner? Um, it's amazing. It's it's a whole different perspective, um, and it, it's teaching me to become a better athlete. Even whenever you're coaching and you're programming, um, going through those aspects of being an affiliate owner, it, be, it it allows you to become a better athlete because you're learning what uh, movements complement each other. You're learning stimuluses of different workouts, and whenever you can create that, and you can, you know, visually see people do that. You now know, hey, if I see this workout show up at the CrossFit Games or a sanctioned event or any other workout any, anywhere, um, you know exactly what that's going to feel like. And you can break it down and you can see whoever programmed that workout, what they're trying to accomplish uh, by creating it that way. That's awesome. So <clears throat> you have a really fit community. You know, um, you know, we're in the 40 plus club. Some of us are really close to the 50 plus club. Um, and man, it was tough keeping up with your with your community. <laughs> we have a yeah, we definitely have a younger community in here. Um, I would say majority of our members are like 25 to like 35, maybe 40. Um, but I'll tell you what, everybody in here, whether they're 18, my dad's 60, 63, they're all super competitive. Um, and it, it really doesn't matter. He came in last Saturday to the Saturday workout and he did it like full RX and um, he did it with another buddy who was 50 plus and they beat all of these young bucks in here. <laughs> nice. So does that mean your dad, you are your dad's favorite so he doesn't go to the other uh, <laughs> brother's gym? Well, um, he coached out there and then he 
helps God open up his gym. So like he's been a big asset in here by helping us kind of get our, on our feet, especially competing. Um, Scott now has a whole bunch of different coaches in there and he was able to create a staff. Um, that's something we're still growing towards. Um, and it's not like you can just bring anybody on. So having somebody in there that's owned multiple gyms before and has started multiple gyms before, um, it's great to kind of have him in our corner to step up when we need to, uh, especially whenever we're trying to focus on being a CrossFit Games athlete on top of an affiliate owner. So he really picks right. up our slack. <laughs> That's no small task there. So was opening the affiliate something that was a passion of yours or is it like for life after competing? Um, yeah, it was a little bit of both. Um, with kind of what you're seeing with CrossFit, it's definitely a new sport and being able to make a living off, off that uh, is very challenging. And I think a lot of people, you know, hear you're a CrossFit Games athlete and think you're a professional athlete, you get paid like a professional. Uh, and I think, it, I think it's getting there now, especially with these sanctioned events paying out a little more. Um, but other than that, if you, if you don't have another job, you're training 365 days a year, you know, I'll work inside the gym, you're, you're spending six, seven, eight hours in the gym, um, just focusing on yourself training and you, you can't, it's, it's hard to have another job on top of that. And to be tested on one weekend, you can have your best weekend, you could get sick, you could tweak your back and you might not make any money on the year. Um, and I'm not saying it's about the money, but like you still need to be able to support yourself. Um, so this kind of allowed us to be able to do both of those. I think opening a gym, like if, if I didn't have Spencer, it would be very challenging, especially being a competitive athlete because just noticing when he's gone, <laughs> I've picked up some more classes and like once you're done coaching those classes, like you're exhausted, like you're trying to give all those members a experience and you kind of set the tempo for those guys and doing that over multiple classes, like that'll definitely wear you down a little bit. So having my brother, uh, my fiance, and even Tommy in here, these guys are picking that slack up so we can still stay competitive. Um, is pretty amazing. So yeah, I would say, um, having the gym is a plan for right now. Um, kind of like a side income on top of competing, but after, I'm done competing. You know, this is something I want to continue to grow uh, while I'm competing. And once I'm done competing to something amazing, whether it's multiple gyms, you know, who knows where I can go. How so old are you now? The 23. <laughs> so you're a business owner and a games athlete. 23. That's awesome. <laughs> so what does your average week look like? Uh, with running the gym and training? I don't leave this place. <laughs> um, no, so we have a girl in here, Casey. She does our morning classes. And then typically I'm coming in here around 9, 9.30, sometimes 10 if I sleep in and I need it. And then I'm normally leaving here around 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Um, and it looks like during those days in the morning I'm training until the noon class and then I rest and then I train after the noon and then I'll go into coaching classes for the whole evening and then it's sleep time. <laughs> uh, looks like you might as well just have your wedding in this space. I know, right? <laughs> so speaking of wedding, um, I saw you know on your Instagram that while you were at the games last year, you proposed to Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and she said yes, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so what's that looking like? When are uh, you, do you have a schedule for the wedding? Yeah. So, uh, we're going to be getting married here the end of January. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, that yeah. soon. I know. Wow. Moving quick. <laughs> awesome. But with sanctionals and everything, there's no, there's no good there's time no good for time, anything. Yeah. Um, so 
I figured I'm going to get a sanctioned event in before that. I'll go down to the mayhem and then have the wedding, and then I'll set myself up for a couple of sanctioned events after that. Um, but summer, fall, and, you know, you got the Open, the games, and, you know, this was kind of like the best time where it's away from those big events, and I could spend a little time and focus on that. Does that mean uh, for your honeymoon you'll be traveling to a sanctional? <laughs> Um, so we talked about that a little bit, but when you go to the sanctionals, you go to all these cool places, but you're spending your day in a, in a venue. Um, so I think we're planning our honeymoon for after the game. So it'll be a good deload for sure. from everything. So the name of the place is CrossFit Cliffside. Uh, can you tell us a little about the story about why it's called CrossFit yeah. Cliffside? So when Spencer and I were opening the gym, we were trying to come up with a name and we went through multiple different names and the biggest thing that we wanted was something with meaning and everything we came up with just wasn't flowing I, I didn't see myself presenting our gym as some of these other names and we were thinking hey what what kind of got us started in CrossFit and it was when we were um, 11 12 years old uh, we ended up falling off of a cliff and we were we were into sports a lot growing up and when that happened we were prohibited pl from playing any type of contact sport and we found CrossFit as a competitive outlet for us and that's kind of where everything got started so um was there a documentary done about that? I know there was a, a short done that I've seen, mm -hmm. uh, and I heard rumor that there might be a documentary about the accident. And Yeah, Verizon actually, so they came out and did a clip on it um, talking about their cell service because we were on the edge of a cliff, and Spence was able to get a hold of 911, and they used our GPS, um, but that's on YouTube. Uh, I think it's like the Panchik family story. So a personal story, uh, when I was at regionals in 2018, uh, I heard your mom tell the story, uh, and your mom is a great story. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, I was bawling at the end of it when she was done. Uh, it was one of the most emotional stories I've ever heard, mm -hmm. and uh, and I I thank her for sharing that story because uh, me and a couple friends, man, we were just sobbing yeah. uh, when she was done. And it's if if you haven't seen the shorts or anything, because I think. Uh, for one of the sanctions or one of the games, they ran a short mm -hmm. uh, of you and Spencer and yeah. the, the hospital and all that. Yeah, uh, you should definitely check that out because it's a it's a great story. Yeah, and I will have to say from the mom's perspective here, from being a mom, that I I can't imagine one of my kids being hurt, but then having both of them hurt at the same time. Yeah. Man, my heart goes out to your mom for also experiencing and going through that whole aspect. So. So that actually prohibited you from playing team sports after yeah. that accident, correct? Yeah. Uh, you and Spencer. So that led you to uh, rehabbing using CrossFit, if, if I remember the story right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we were playing fo football was one of our big sports, and that was what my brothers played growing up. So um, that was something we were super passionate about. We wanted to play in college. And... We were, if we took any type of blow to our head, um, you know, who knows what could have happened. So they just said, hey, avoid all contact sports. Um, and during that, our rehab process, we weren't allowed to leave the house. We missed like three, four months of school into summer. And we spent that whole time just laying on the couch, eating, and um, we caught on to some bad habits and my dad's like hey I started this CrossFit and he was doing at the YMCA and he went on Google and found CrossFit Pittsburgh and he's like all right guys like we're loading up every morning every single day in the summer uh, we packed in the car and we drove down to CrossFit Pittsburgh and 
you know, the rest is history. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> and so you're from Pittsburgh, and I'm from just north of there. Uh, so I know we share a passion for Pittsburgh sports. Yeah. Uh, Go other- Steelers. <laughs> that's the one the one pittsburgh team i don't follow but uh a penguin pirate fan there you go um so you what made you move from pittsburgh to cleveland yeah so um junior year um i was able to play basketball that was one of the sports i was able to work my way back into just because it didn't require too much contact um so i got into basketball and Scott just came off of his fourth place finish at the CrossFit Games in 2012, and I went out to Carson, and I was watching him, and I was like, this is something I want to do. And um, in order to take the step for that, it was learn how to train like that. (laughs) So how old were you at the time? Uh, When I moved, or when I went to watch him. When you went to watch him. When I went to watch him, I was like 13, 13 years old. Yeah, so it was about a year after our accident. Um. So he's like, hey, be patient, be patient. You know, you got to let your body grow. And my dad owned a gym at the time there. So I spent the next two years um, doing the same workouts as Scott. He was sending them to me every day. And he's like, hey, I want to open up a gym. He was a school teacher out of Manor. He's like, I'm going to step away from teaching and I want to open up an affiliate. And I want to see if this is something that I told my dad if he would be interested in opening it with him. And my parents left the decision up to Spencer and I if we wanted to leave junior year of high school. Um, that's kind of like a big stepping stone there. Um, you're kind of in the middle of figuring yourself out. And we said, hey, like, you know, I see I see myself doing this. Spencer saw myself doing this. And we picked up and we left within like six months. Wow. <laughs> awesome. So um, your career really began uh, on the national level. You, you made regionals in 2015 for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and there you finished 23rd. And so was that just kind of like dipping your toe in the water, kind of seeing what it was, kind of experiencing it for the first time? Yeah, so um, starting CrossFit, that was like, I think that was one of the, this, that was the second year I was out training with Scott. And he preached to me so much on metabolic conditioning is everything. So like, I always wanted to get strong. Like strength was always really cool. Um, but I think I was 155 pounds, and I was I was still I'm still growing even now. Um, but I couldn't handle those loads, so I just focused on my metabolic conditioning. And sure enough, I got through the open. Um, I think through majority of my metabolic conditioning, and it set me myself up to move into regionals. I think I was 17 at the time, so I was one of the youngest competitors there. And that year, I was just so surprised because Dan Bailey was there Graham Holmberg was there yeah um all of these great athletes were there that I was watching YouTube videos of and I was like I couldn't believe that I was and competing next competing to them. Them. Yeah, yeah I'm like I, I'm gonna try and beat these guys <laughs> and I think I got uh, so caught up in that mindset of like looking up to these guys is like they're on such a higher level than I am and I'm just blessed to be on the floor which was true um, at that age and I think that kind of hindered my performance out there and even the year after that I still looked at some of those guys like that I think that was the first year Frazier moved our regional and we had all of these other people there I'm like this is like really cool and then just finally like my third year I was like hey you know I'm here to beat these guys like I I I I earn my spot here and sure enough that as soon as I came to that in my mind that's when I qualified for the games for my first time so I gotta say we met at the 2016 regionals in Columbus yes Uh, I was working security of athlete village in the corral to the floor yeah Uh, and 
uh, it was such a joy watching you watch Scott. Yeah. Like, so you still weren't, you, you finished, um, what was it, 11th that year? 11th. Uh, and you finished pretty high in a few events. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still more like you were rooting Scott on. Exactly, yeah. Um, and it was a blast just watching you react to how he was doing. And then I saw you again in 17. Yeah. Uh, and there was a different mindset at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, you were really going for it. Uh, at that regional, yeah, uh, and that year you finished um, seventh, seventh, yeah, just outside, yeah. And that that was that was kind of the changing year that it, I remember is the final event. It was actually it was the first and the final event. So the first event was the ring dip dumbbell snatch one, and I couldn't I couldn't cycle the dumbbell. My hands were too small, um, and I only could do singles on those dumbbell snatches. So I was already nervous about that one going into it. Even though I doing singles, I put up a great time in practice and um, I had that mindset of being nervous with that and sure enough I went out there and I didn't do well in that event um, just by thinking about that and you know having that in the back of your mind when things start to hurt you fall to that rather than falling to trusting your training and um, that was kind of that first step and then Taylor actually was like hey you you weren't you earned your spot here like you belong with these guys and um she really told me that on that final event it was uh, a bike dumb a bike burpee box jump and d-balls and um right then and there i finished that event again it wasn't the performance i wanted but i knew that i didn't have the right mindset coming into this and i finally found that mindset by you know the third the fourth and the fifth event where you know i belong and it was that following year i was like I'm out here to take some names. <laughs> I, ha- I have to say that following year regionals was, that's my most favorite moment ever was that final <laughs> event with, with you and Scott. That was the best event ever yeah. out of all of them. So, so go back, going back to 17 real quick. Sorry about that. Did, did you win an event? You beat I Scott did. in an event. I did. I won. That was my first ever regional event win was the um, ring muscle. So it was a 21-15-9 ring muscle up in dumbbell overhead squat. And that's like, that was like, I beat, I beat Big Bro, and I beat everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So then take it to 18, what Amy's talking about in her favorite moment. And it's one of my – it is the favorite moment yeah. of regionals for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, you were, were you judging that year? I was. So I don't know if people know, but there's, there's a judge on the floor, mm-hmm. and there's a backup judge in the pit Yeah. Uh, for, ev- for the final day of regionals. Yeah. Um, and I was one of the backup judges in the pit. Yeah. Uh, so I got a really close view of that final event. Yeah. Uh, and following you from the time we met in 16 on, man, the, when you guys finished and, and then jumped on each other, like that was, yeah. that was euphoric. Yeah. That place went nuts too because you guys are really popular in the CrossFit community. Um, I know all the volunteers that I work with, they love hanging out with you guys because your family is always cordial. You always thank your judge. Uh, and it's just awesome. And the whole community just blew up when you yeah. guys both qualified. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's same thing with that year. I had that first event. It was a triple three. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And um, Taylor was like, come on, like, you know, you got this. And um, sure enough, like every event slowly got better and better and better. And then it was that final event. Um, I don't know what happened, but it's just something I felt like came over me where I was just like, I belong here and um, you know I, I deserve to go to the games like I put in a lot of work and I'm gonna go down swinging in as long as I know I can put up my best performance here I know everything else will fall into place um, and I didn't really I had no idea Frazier was 
he was beating us in that. I actually thought Scott and I had the lead in that workout. <laughs> <laughs> and he crossed the finish line. But um, Well, Frazier is a little short. Yeah, he, I couldn't see him over there. <laughs> but um, I knew when I crossed that finish line, Scott asked me one question. I fell on him. He goes, did you give that everything you had? And I said, yes. And I was like, I just don't know if it's enough. He goes, all that matters is that you gave it your all. And um, sure enough, that was I gave it my all, and that's when I qualified. That was awesome. Um, and so just to speak to the triple three, I know that that was brutal for the athletes. The judges, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Kneeling for 45 minutes on that chess piece, <laughs> every 400 meters, that was one of the most brutal things I've ever done in my life. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Who was it? Um, one of the guys next to me started throwing oh, yeah. up on it. saw that. And yeah, one of my friends was judging, and that splattered. It was and came shooting off up the on the judge. Oh, I'd no repped him. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna run that back. <laughs> oh, that was a brutal workout. I hope they never bring that back. Um, so, 18, you finish fifth at regionals, and you go to your first ever CrossFit Games. Yeah. So, what was that experience like? Um, yeah. So that experience, and it's crazy. Just these these the mental aspect to CrossFit. Um, and I went into the games. It was the hardest I've ever trained. And I felt like I got into the same mindset that I was in 16 or 17, 16, 17, um, where I was like, wow, look who it is. It's, it's Patrick Vellner or it's yeah. Brent Fakowski and is all these guys. Um, and I spent a lot of time like, wow, like I'm, I'm competing with these guys. Like this is the big show. And, um, that was good. It was kind of like a whole repeat. I think I finished, what did I finish that year? 2019th. I 19th. finished 19th. Um, and again, it was the same mindset. And I took that home and it was, it was the chaos event that I took second in um, at the games that year where I was like, I, I can beat these guys. Like I can compete with these guys. And the rest of that weekend went well. Uh, but it's just a matter of finding that and keeping that mindset um, on throughout the entire weekend and just trusting your training and, Next year came along, and here I am. I did better. I don't know what happened. Um, you know, you're talking about how impressed you got with these guys, but yet every day you're with Scott, who's better than them on, yeah. on, on occasion. But it's like, ah, that's just Scott. We'll just yeah. let's do that. So it's it's just funny how that mindset and how your mentality can really mm -hmm. determine how well you're going to perform. Right. And I think you're seeing it more and more with a lot of rookies um, that are up and coming where, you know, you see two types of athletes, one that looks up to these guys and they go to the games and they're just looking for an experience. And then you see some of these rookies that come in and like everybody, everybody at one point was a rookie. Um, and you see those guys that are still at the top that were able to overcome that a lot quicker. And now, you know, you have those guys looking up to you and being able to have that mindset and one, be able to figure out and accept it. Like, hey, I was wrong. Like, I, I didn't trust my training, and, you know, I see that, and I analyze that, and I fixed it. Um, but I still think you even have some athletes that show up at the games that are like, I'm at the games. Like, I got a Reebok uniform. Like, this is sweet. And, um, you know, you get cut. So, in 18, you took second in chaos. What was that like to have an event where you don't even know the rep count? You don't even know what the next movement is yeah. until you complete it. So my big thought on that one was two things. One, 
who trusts their training and who who's able to coach themselves. Um, if you're able to coach yourself, and there's a and it's nothing against athletes that have coaches, um, because if you do have a coach, I still think it's an important tool to put in your arsenal that you know you should know how to program and you should know how to coach yourself when that's taken away. And um, what happened with that event was they said, hey, no phones, no coaches, no knee sleeves, no special equipment. It's just you, your judge, and you got some equipment in front of you, and you're just gonna keep grinding. And it's just like okay, I do that every day. Like, let's do this. Um, so my mindset going into that was one, you know, I can't tell you any workout that's ever made on the first movement, especially looking at what was in front of me. And, um, I was like, everybody's going to come out flying thinking it's short, even though it's short, like, you know, it's, it's not going to be worth it. You can always get faster. You can always get faster, but once you come out fast, you can't get faster after being fast. Um, so it's just a matter of like trusting my process and moving through those movements and trust your training. Well, that kills my whole strategy that I like to go out hot immediately <laughs> and then just hope that everything else works out in the end, but it never really works out that way. So that's exactly how Spence is. <laughs> He's a, he's a great training partner <laughs> to simulate those people that you'll see. But he holds on. <laughs> so then you come to the 2019 games. And again, you said different mindset. You know, it was your second time there. Um, but they bring in – CrossFit changed dramatically at that point, yeah. right? No more regionals. Now you have to do sanctionals. You got in kind of last minute right. uh, under the wire. But you got in. Yeah. Um, and then you get there and there's cuts. Yeah and cuts and cuts. So what did that do to your mindset when you heard that? Yeah, so um, I wanted to get to the game so bad last year. I was going to event to event to event, um, doing absolutely everything that I could. And, and just know, missing by life. Just missing in all of them. And all I kept telling myself is just give me a shot. You know, I can go in there in 150th place, but you give me one shot on that floor, I'm gonna take full advantage of it. And you know, I tell myself that during every event at the games, like. People would kill to go on the floor for one event. Scott always told me that when he was competing. So many people would kill to be in your position, like take full advantage of it. Um, so whenever I first heard the cuts, I was like, oh, no, like, you know, consistency is normally key. But, like, what's going to happen here? Because you got to do well in events. Um, but I was just like, no, you know, get that out of your head. You know, you can bellyache about it as much as you want and be nervous about it. But, you know, that's the hand that you have dealt, and you need to figure it out and, you know, you need to overcome it and put up your best performance. Um, and at the games, I was always right on that cut line. Um, yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make things interesting. That was, uh, do, do you think that being your own coach helped you through that? Absolutely. Um, and I think it's so important to try different things, whether it's working with a coach or coaching yourself. I think you need to have different times a year where you're focusing on different things. And like I said, keep building that arsenal. Like the more tools you have in that, the more you're going to be handle, be able to handle whatever's thrown at you. Um, but being on that cut line, it was, this is it. Your weekend could be over. Um, you need to go out there and you need to give it 100% effort. So that leads to like one of the favorite moments uh, watching the CrossFit Games, and that is when the final cut came and you had to win the sprint to get in. <laughs> yeah. And you won it. Yeah. So that was your first ever Games win. And how did that make you feel? Ah, uh, so that, that event, I was just like, I knew that 
so many so many athletes were talking about that being like two, three hundred meters, and you only can sprint so far on that one. Um, but what athletes were forgetting was you had those pylons at the back end, so it looked a lot longer than it was. But you had to keep in mind that the sprint ended when you got to the pylons uh, because it was more about cutting for those. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it was probably a good fifty meters of cutting. Um, so it's just a matter of opening up that throttle on the way down, and who has it in their legs on the way back, and then it's just a matter of just cutting through those and you know avoiding all mistakes coming through those pylons um but again i knew that was everything like you know you had if there's any event that you're going to be cut on you need to give it a hundred percent i'd rather it be you know a minute minute event (laughs) um but even when that event started out um i had a little adversity thrown at me from the get-go um so i was the last heat to go and I, I sprinted all the way down to the field and then they blew the air horn and there was a false start and I'm like you got to be kidding me uh. they're like and I was like I just I just blew my ATP like that's everything right, right. there <laughs> and um, they're like one minute reset I'm like oh no <laughs> like this could be it and I knew my family was in the stands probably thinking this is ridiculous right. um, but I was just like no I'm not going to put that excuse in my head that I had a false start. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to put up the best time. And I'm going to say, I could put up the best time with a false start. Give me a little break and see what happens. Um, and it's just feeling it's, it can come across a little cocky as long, but as long as you're saying it in your own mind, that's kind of like my big thing is like reaffirming yourself that, you know, this is it. And you need to stay positive because there's a lot of negative thoughts that go through everybody's mind and yeah. workouts every single day. And it's just a matter of who's willing to push those out and, you know, replace that with a positive thought. That's yeah, your positive self-talk versus that negative self-talk mm-hmm. winning over. So, yeah. Um, so you, you can tell Amy's a teacher, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though. It's, and it doesn't just come to CrossFit games athletes. It comes to you every day in the gym. Like, you know, on that bike, I guarantee you 95% of the members in here were thinking, I just want to slow down. Like, I biked already this week and just things like that. Um, and it's just like, no, it's 20 seconds. Like you can push through 20 seconds. Let's go. Um, but yeah, that just goes for everybody. And you know, I just kept telling myself throughout this, that telling myself that throughout the sprint and you know, I got the outcome that I wanted. Yeah. Thank goodness. It was a sprint event instead of the ruck run or something that you had to, <laughs> to win on. I'm, uh, I'm starting to ruck every week now because of that. <laughs> So you, you finished that event and, uh, and immediately jumped into Scott's arms. And again, another big celebration with your brother. Yeah. Um, this is going to be the first year that he's not going to be an individual athlete yeah. out there on the floor with you. And is that going to be, is that going to be strange for you? We're going to replace him with Spence. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so that's the game plan this year. Scott will still be out there. Um, on a team, a whole different aspect. But, you know, to me, it's telling me I got some, I got some big shoes to fill and, you know, I need to, I need to step it up this year and take third, <laughs> take second, take <laughs> first. I'm not staying on top. I'm not there. I'm not taking third. I'm right. standing on top. Right. So <laughs> Charlie said, do what he can't do. Hey. Um, so I, I have to ask this question and it, I hope it doesn't offend you in any way. You were on the cut line the whole way through mm-hmm. the games, right? So then you make the top 10. Yeah. And you had to give everything you had to make those <laughs> cuts. Did you have anything left when you made the top 10? That was, and that's, that was one of the biggest things that I brought back from the games was being on that cut. Like, I had to give it my all. I had to give it my all. As soon as they made that final cut to 10, I was like, 
I did it. Like this is this is good. And um, you know, up to that point, I wasn't eating anything. I was doing just shakes, and my nutrition wasn't there. Um, and I felt that by the end of the weekend, I felt burnt out. Um, I and I just felt like the, the tank was on E. <laughs> from from an observation level, not just you, but but a lot of the top ten athletes that were in that like five to ten mm-hmm. range looked like they were gassed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, you can you can see and I think there was I think I think there was only like five athletes that have been to the games multiple times that know. And Scott kept telling me he's like you need to eat, you need to eat. And I'm just like I'm good. I want candy and I want candy and shakes and I'm good to go. And um I didn't eat any food. And as soon as I came back, I was just like it wasn't my fitness. It was my body wasn't recovering and right. I and I couldn't I couldn't give it my all on those events. Um, and then part of me was, you know, you made the top 10. You only get, the worst place you can take is a 10th place in this, and, you know, you're good to go. Um, and I'm hoping that's something that they change. Uh, I hope they at least cut to 20. I think 20 is a good number where you can still see some shakeup on that leaderboard. Um, and it's going to allow athletes to kind of push a little bit. Whenever you only have 10 athletes, it's, you know, you have six workouts. They cut – they. So they had 150 athletes for six workouts, and then they only had 10 athletes for six workouts. Like, so much can happen within those six workouts. I, I agree. From, from a spectator point, I think it needs to stay at 20. Yeah. One, one it allows people to make a charge up the leaderboard mm-hmm. uh, just because some people fill in in between you and the other guy. Yeah. Uh, with 10, you don't have that opportunity no. anymore. And by that point, like I said, you know, I was burnt out, so – I, I mean, this is just me being honest with myself. I knew where I was, and this is just looking back at it now. I mean, I didn't really see it then, but, you know, if you were to look at me and if I was sitting in the stands watching myself, I would probably say, you know, I don't see him taking anything more than a seventh in these events, and you don't see that change up. Now, imagine if there was 20 people, like that seventh could have been an 18th or a 19th or a 20th um, where you could have seen that leaderboard change drastically. Um, so I'm hoping that's something that they change. And then it gives fans, you know, more time to get in there and get to know some of these athletes, you know, just isolating it to only 10 athletes. Um, anything can happen in six workouts, especially if those six workouts weren't necessarily their, their, their workout. Um, and maybe those last six workouts were. I think it's important that, you know, we're testing overall fitness and consistency over a multiple test. And not everything was tested up to that point when athletes were cut. Um, but... If you have overall fitness, regardless, you're going to be there. And I think everyone that was there deserved to be there. So one more event from 2018 or 19 that um, was one of my favorites. I was a little disappointed in the outcome, but it was an amazing finish. Was the clean and jerk one rep max. (laughs) You tied Noah and then had to do the tiebreaker. (sighs) Dude, I thought you had him the whole way through that and then... Right at the end. You know, I think if you go look at the photo finish, you would see um, I had the chip. I I led with the wrong foot. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what it was. Actually, we we did look at that. I was like, oh, wrong foot. I think Noah would know that. that. But um, we (laughs) we had the sprint earlier that week, so I was so used to trying to lead with my right foot. So I put the chip on my right foot. But what happened was whenever I leaped onto that um, stand, I jumped off my right foot and led with my left foot. That's, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that, but... So it seems like we have a, a growing rivalry between Panchex and uh, Olsen, you know, with the, the water bottle incident. 
<laughs> the, uh, the chip thing there. So he knows. We're, we're all on your <laughs> we're all on your side on this. <laughs> no, Noah's a great guy, and um, you know that that was one of the highlights for me because. You know, it wasn't a matter of he could have easily whenever they said that he won, he could have easily started celebrating by himself and roared to the crowd and whatnot, slapped some high fives. But, you know, the first thing that he did was he came and gave me a hug and told me mad respect and great job. And, you know, that goes a really long way. And um, that sets that sets the tone for our community because all eyes were on us at that point. And that's what happens in, in, in every day in the gym whenever you're hitting weights like what are you going to celebrate or are you going to enjoy y- your community and the same thing goes whenever you're, you're hosting a competition in your gym or a sanctioned event like it's about enjoying the time with your competitors uh, because we all deserve to be there and put on a show for everybody but um, don't get caught up in yourself and enjoy the people around you yeah I think Noah's come a long way you know I've followed the sport for a long time now and when he first came up, he was really young yeah, uh, and maybe said some, some things that were off-putting to some of the, the, the fans, but he's really trying hard to, uh, to reconcile that, and, and I could see that this year at the games. Like, yeah. He's really working hard at that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I just think maturity happens you know, mm-hmm. with, with people. Just how you were saying your mentality when you, you know, started, you were 17, yeah. right? And then just so much happens with your – yeah. Being a teacher, your brain development. that Well, and it, it all depends on the people you surround yourself around, too. Like, I surrounded myself around Scott. So, like, um, growing up through CrossFit, it was always Scott and his training partner. So, I was always hanging out with people 8, 9, 10, years older 11 years older than yeah. me. Um, and I kind of caught that mindset. And same thing with Tommy training with us and Scott. Um, he's only 19, but, you, you know, looking at him and the way you would talk, you would expect him to be 24 or 25 years old. Yeah, I thought he was a- 30 at least. <laughs> thought he was my dad. <laughs> yeah, I think, and Scott had some funny moments at the games this year. Yeah. They seemed to catch everything he did on tape. Yeah. I saw an interview with him where he talked about the water bottle incident. Yeah. And he just was thirsty. Yeah. Like he just wanted a drink. Yeah. And he was willing to share. He just wanted his drink He just first. wanted his sip first. Yeah. And, and then the, ch- the chalk with Frazier. Uh, and that, that battle, I know you were spectating. Yeah. You were right there on the floor to see your brother yeah. going toe-to-toe on that clean and jerk with Frazier. He needed just a little slap on that back, and I think yeah. he would have hit that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you finished ninth at the 2019 Games, ninth fittest man in the world. Pretty pretty cool thing to be able to say. Yeah. Right? Um, but I know that you have bigger aspirations than that. I looked at your goal board over here. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't say ninth no. at the Games. No. And that was I, I realized that after the, after the competition, um, like I said, knowing that I wasn't able to put up the performance that I wanted to to for those last six events, you know, I should have been excited that I finished ninth, and I was excited, but like I I was sitting there during the award ceremony, and I'm just like, I see Matt step on top of the podium, I'm like, I want to be in that spot, like I want to be stepping on that podium, and you know, it was right then and there I made the decision, like when I get back, it's time to get to work and make that happen. But that. That tells you, like you were saying earlier, the difference between people who are just there to be there, yeah, and people who are like, "Yes, this is great, but yeah. it's not. It's not why I'm here." Yeah, and if you're a true competitor, you're okay with saying that, and um, you're not going to be happy. I mean, regardless, if you're not, as Ricky Bobby says, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yes, yes. Quoting Ricky Bobby. <laughs> So, so we're going into 2020 season. We just finished the Open. A couple of sanctionals have, have gone down. Um, the Open didn't go quite as well as you had planned, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Um, 
And so you're going to have to rely on the sanctionals to get into the mm -hmm. games. So what is your plan moving forward with that? My plan is I got five to seven sanctionals lined up. Um, and my goal is to go out to these and have fun and, um, you know, be the athlete that I am. And knowing the athlete that I'm capable of, I know and I feel pretty confident that I'll earn that ticket. Do you feel like you're a better head-to-head um, -head athlete as opposed to, like the Open is done in your own gym. Yeah. You're filming it, right? But on a competition floor, you seem to flourish. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, again, that like I said about chaos, that brings out the athlete that you are. Um, you're seeing a lot of these athletes. And if you were to look at the top 10 at the games last year, 90% of the athletes won a sanctioned event and um, qualified through a sanctioned event, shall I say. And the only one that didn't was Scott. And he took second out in Italy. Um, and he's been there multiple times. And that just goes to show, like, if you're going to a sanctioned event and you're able to win a sanctioned event on a floor with a judge, um, with eyes on you over multiple workouts, over multiple days, like, you're going to do well at the games. And unfortunately, whenever you're at home being judged by your best friend, creating the camera angle where you want it to be and the reps that you want, you know, and I'm not saying anything about some of the athletes, but... You know, you are, <laughs> I mean, I kind of am, but yeah, like, it's okay. <laughs> but it happens, it, it happens though. And, um, you know, everybody, everybody's okay with redoing a workout three, four, five, six times being judged by their friend and, you know, cutting things close to the standard. But, you know, some of these athletes, when you see them go to a sanctioned event, you're seeing them in the back, back 10, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that just, that honestly goes a long way. And it tells me a lot of, you know, what's, what's happening, you know? So we, you know, I know, I know you probably haven't listened to our podcast yet, but uh, we have did weekly wrap ups of the, of the open yeah. each week. Um, and we, that's one of the things we've been hitting pretty hard. Right? Yeah. The film, we look at the, the video footage and like, I'm not, I'm not Joe judge, right? I, mm -hmm. but I've judged at regionals. I yeah. know what the standards are. Yeah. Some of these videos are horrific. Right. And that, you know, Scott always taught us, hold yourself to the highest standard possible Absolutely. that, you know, if something's questionable, you better redo that workout because sure enough you shouldn't be upset if they take those reps away from you and um you know that's kind of the motto that i had with all of my reps i hold myself to the highest standard and you know you ask for my video i already have it uploaded i'm ready to send it to you um rather i know you got some of these other people that are nervous to send their videos in and i'm glad that to see that they were looking at some people's videos but like i'm also seeing things like minor penalty for lack of extension I mean, if I had a lack of extension in my deadlifts, like one, to either take all those reps away or like two, like my glutes are going to feel a lot better for those handstand pushups. Right. But um, just little things like that. I, I want to see things cleaned up a little bit. And I think a great way, and I always think, you know, if you have a problem, come with a solution. And if you were to post, have everybody post their videos online and let the community vote on it and anything that gets flagged multiple times then take that to your internal review team and go through that um, and if you're sitting in the top 40 by the end of that weekend you better have five videos and if you don't sorry you're not gonna get a spot what I feel bad about is we've attacked this pretty hard and what the only people you can attack are the people that are publicly putting their video out there for us to see yep right there's a lot of people that aren't putting that out at all yeah and so we don't know what they're doing. We can only speak to the people that are actually being transparent mm -hmm. and putting their video out there. Yeah. Um, so it's tough, but do you see CrossFit going away from the open being the qualifier for the games? I hope so. Um, I could see them 
going to sanctionals, um, taking maybe three athletes. Um, but at that point, it's regionals. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so who knows? I could see the Open being more of a qualifier for these sanctioned events. I think it's really cool to have these sanctioned events, though, where you have independent people coming in, where you know they're able to pay out to these athletes. They're actually able to make a living through some of these sanctioned events. I think that's one of the great things about that, which you didn't see at regionals. Um, but yeah. So here's my proposed solution, and whether you like it or not, it's um, use the Open for the national champions. Yep. Then top two at all the sanctionals get into the games. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Even I was, so this is what I thought was create a sanctioned event for all international athletes and call it kind of like the invitational. So you have a national invitational, and then from there you're only taking 20 top countries to the team or nations to the team or to the game, sorry. Um, then you're one not having 150 athletes at the games and you cut it to 60, then you can let everybody compete over the weekend. Maybe you do one cut um, halfway through the weekend, but I think that would be a great fix. But um, I think regardless with these online qualifiers, um, one of the athletes that got caught for cutting some of their stuff um, said it best, you know, you're flying as close as you can to the sun without getting burnt and you know being a judge at regionals you see people play with a fine line on their squats on their standards on everything um, because the only way to put up a better time is to shorten range of motion um, while being able to hit that standard and you know sometimes and you have to take a risk with that and um, that could get you to the games right. yeah. so you said five to seven sanctionals for this year uh, you said you're going to Mayhem. Mm -hmm. Do you know what other other sanctions are you going to keep that close yeah. to the vest? Or? No, no. Um, I am looking at Mayhem. I'll do Wadapalooza. Then I am planning to do the Del Mar one, um, East Coast Classic, uh, the Rogue Invitational. Yes. And then uh, potentially the Newberry one's kind of on the back burner there if I need that. Okay, cool. And then maybe Granite Games. So we'll see. Yeah, we... There's, Rogue is bringing in so many people. Yeah. So many. And I saw you were already confirmed for that. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. So uh, that's something that we love going to, being in Columbus. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it's actually like hometown. two minutes from my, my work. Yeah. Uh, so that's been awesome. But And for us, I mean, as spectators, it kind of feels like going to the games to, to see and be a part of the games. When yeah. We're not able to go there. So. That's definitely like, I, I feel like that's definitely a mini, mini games. And one of the great things they do is they really take care of their athletes uh, that are coming down there. They help them with their travel. And um, that's one of the biggest things with these sanctioned events is it can get very expensive trying to get to the games. For sure. Going internationally to some of these events or even the ones in the States. Like you're looking at anywhere from two to $4,000 per event. And if you're not going and doing well at these, then you're just hitting the red. <laughs> Well, and the one thing Rogue gives you is exposure, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're the only one with a national television contract. Yeah. Um, so your endorsers have got to love you being out on the floor. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I think you're seeing that more and more, though. Um, I will say getting out to some of these international events uh, definitely spread, spreads CrossFit's name well for them. Uh, we went down to Brazil, and, I mean, the Brazilian community down there is just amazing, um, especially getting some top CrossFitters down there. You know, that really goes a long way. Anything else, guys? I know Charlie's been waiting to ask some questions. Oh, yeah. So... Um at our space, I'm known as uh, one of the higher level of mobility 
people that, that there is. you know, I can almost touch my knees when I bend over. So that's, um, so is it true that you should be more mobile as you uh, to be a better CrossFitter? I think, I don't think it could hurt. <laughs> um, I think that more mobile you are, I think there's, there's being mobile and I think there can be like not mobile. And then there, I think there can be too mobile. <laughs> Um, See, I don't want to get too mobile. There you go. <laughs> That's my issue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how much accessory work do you do? Um, I've been getting into it more and more. I feel like as I'm getting older, my hips are getting more sore in my well, ankles. She's <laughs> getting older. <laughs> Twenty-three. <laughs> no, but um, double unders, man. If I'm not warmed up for double unders, my ankles are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm two weeks away from fifty. So, yeah, everything hurts all the time. I'll let you come back to me in seven years. <laughs> right, right. I'll be able to touch my shins by <laughs> Well, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out and doing this with us. And thank you for hosting us in a workout this morning. Absolutely. A great experience uh, with you and your staff. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank um, you, guys. Good luck on this season. And do you guys want to say yeah, We look forward to watching you at Rogue and... Good luck for, for your sanctionals. Definitely. Thank and you. I, and I'm hoping to get down to Mayhem, um, so hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, if not, good luck on everything, and uh, hopefully we see you punch your ticket really soon. Heck yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends, Episode 6. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace out. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's us again. We're actually in the car on the way home from Cleveland after interviewing Saxon, but we wanted to make sure that we gave you the news update from the week. So a couple things we want to talk about is, the, one is the Dubai Championship. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, Charlie and Amy to talk about the winners of Dubai while I am manning the driving of the vehicle at this time. So first let's start with the ladies. So we have the winner of the Dubai Championship as Sarah Sigmund's daughter. So just to recap, that is she won the Open, the Filthy 150, and Dubai Championship. Let's hope she's getting herself a nice rest after, after all of this. Then second on the ladies would be, I believe, Samantha, nope, not Samantha Briggs, sorry. Samantha Briggs took third. It was Karen Frey. And then Samantha Briggs took third, punching her ticket to the CrossFit Games this year. And let's not forget fifth place, Jamie Green. Charlie's going to bring so you on over here. to real quick oh. about Sam Briggs. Not only did she punch her ticket to the game, she did it with a broken foot again. All right. And now Charlie's going to talk to you about the men's leaderboard. Men's leaderboard. So winning the event, um, Brent Fikowski, who needed this win to get to the game so he went ahead and punched his ticket right behind him uh, as the Canadians again begin to take top leaderboards here Patrick Vellner um, and then some familiar names Goodmanson is fourth Yonkowski right outside of the top five with six Jason Smith uh, all of these guys you're going to see here at the games next year on the team side excuse me this year the winner and punching their ticket is Misfit P10 Performance, which formerly OC3 Black, uh, the women of OC3 Black is what we'll call them, plus uh, two other games athletes, Travis Williams being one of them. 
So that is... And Roy Gamboa. And Roy Gamboa. Roy Gamboa was the other guy. So, Scott, before we move on, I thought you might want to take a moment to talk about your boy, Leftus, and the performance here at the Dubai Championship. So, your thoughts on that? So, if you've been following us for the last few weeks, you know that I've had a problem with the standards uh, that were shown, especially for handstand push-ups, with my boy, Leftus, the Affinities. Uh, and he was only charged a minor penalty for this infraction, which I, if you go back an episode or two, you'll hear my rant about that. He came to Dubai and finished almost on the bottom, if not the bottom, I don't know exactly his finish, but did not perform well at Dubai. Um, and I don't know if, because he actually had a judge that wasn't his friend judging him, um, or a, an easier standard to meet and actually had to meet the standards of the event, he did not finish well and did not represent well. Um, I hate being negative, but I, I wanted just to point out that the Open as a qualifier um, with the standards that we're allowing on this really need, it needs to be reconsidered and looked at. So now I think we're going to take it to our weekly What Did We Like Best on Social Media? So I'm going to start first, and for any of you who, uh, for any of you, sorry, that follow uh, Move You Official on Instagram, they do a great job of of talking about like some recovery movements for your body, uh, pr- some prep work, or, but mostly you know kind of just like some rehabbing with some injuries um, for that. So they're they're a funny group of guys that do this. Um, they typically will focus on one particular body part and kind of go through some movements on that. So as they do that, they do uh, paint the body part that they're um, highlighting and go over that. Well, this past week, they were going over the glutes. And so they had a female athlete up there and they uh, had painted her glutes and she was up there she was on a box. That's why I keep talking about being up there. She was on a box to demonstrate um, about coming out of a squat. And well, this received a lot of positive and negative comments about it. And uh, I just wanted to comment that they most recently posted their kind of rebuttal to it and just saying, you know, what's, what's wrong with talking about any part of your body um, specifically your glutes too because your glutes are one of the most uh, powerful movers on your body so I just appreciated that they kind of came right out there and said you know this is just a body part this is not something to get worked up about so Charlie Scott Uh, so the best thing I saw this week was I saw an interview with Danny Spiegel uh, done by Nate Edwardson Um, I've mentioned him before. He does a Day in the Life series with a lot of athletes. Um, But this was just a long-form conversation. And they really got into the business of CrossFit and how the athletes can set themselves up uh, for success after they're done competing. And Danny Spiegel spoke very eloquently about different things that she's doing to set herself up um, and really be successful after she's done competing. And it's something I I highly suggest it's out on YouTube. It's, a, it's probably an hour and a half long video, um, but well worth the watch or listen. Uh, great stuff. So check that out. 
So, Charlie, have you thought about yours yet? Because I'm thinking about the one that you sent me the other day, which was focusing on mobility. It was by Make Wads Great Again. You know, all of the uh, mobility uh, things that we see on there, you know, I've tried them all. They all seem to work very well for me. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what to tell you about that one. So, yeah, we're going to try that one. Uh, that was the one where the uh, athlete is underneath a bunch of foam rollers that Make Wads Great Again did. And then they there was two other people going, and then they would pick up the foam roller and move them down towards the uh, the legs. So... We'll have to highlight that one later. But also coming up on our next podcast, we will have to report on if the chair, what, what do we call that? Charlie's? Good morning chairlift. We're, we're going to review the good morning chairlift. Uh, we didn't have time to do that one this time since we're traveling in the car, but that's our plan on the next podcast to reveal to you if men and women can do that. And the last thing I want to add is um, there was a little bit of a disappointment with the Dubai CrossFit Championships, and that was that Katrin David's daughter, who was supposed to be participating, uh, did not appear on event one. There was rumor that she was going to come back for event two, uh, but she ended up withdrawing from the competition uh, because she suffered a back injury um, in her training. She said it's something that happens actually quite often um, and just needs time to calm down. And once it calms down, she's good to go again. Um, but it just didn't calm down in time for the competition. Uh, so she wasn't able to compete. So we want to wish her well and hope that she gets better. Because uh, competition is always better when you have all the daughters on the floor. So with that being said, thank you very much for joining us. I know this was a short news thing. But the interview with Saxon went so it went long. But it was awesome. We hope you really enjoyed that. And we'll talk to you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends, Episode 7. Uh, we'll see you then. Peace out, everyone. Bye. This is Ben, the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a rating. We would really appreciate that. We're available on all pa- podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So subscribe on your favorite app, and we would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Friends.